exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. Like guys like Draymond, guys like Delvon Rowe, and no offense to the caller, I don't really think Delvon Rowe's been playing that well. No. Okay? Delvon Rowe, yeah, maybe he's rebounding the ball decent, but he better be rebounding the ball decently. He's a big boy, and he better be rebounding. When it comes to point, he can't score if his life depended on it this season. Guy can't score at all. You know, he's a top ten forward coming out of high school. He had, you know, he had the, he had the knee injury, and you know what? He was a warrior last year. He stepped up. He had the injured knee, and he kept playing. He did what he could for the team, but he will never live up to the potential we thought he would be coming in. And that is okay. It's okay, but it's you know, it's not good enough, and it's not that does not mean that we have to say he's playing well because he's injured. No, he, exactly. Not. It's not an excuse at this point. It's not an excuse at all, Delvon. I mean, all these guys need to pick up their game, like you said, Kalen Lucas, demand the ball more. I mean, look, not one free throw attempt in the game against Penn State. Right. Drive the lane. That's your bread and butter. Exactly. Okay? Same with Lucius, even, too. Just they, they need to penetrate, and that allows you to be able to kick the ball out, move the ball around more. I mean, 14 assists for a game, honestly, I think that's quite low. You're not moving the ball. You're relying on shoot, just you know making your shots. And when you have to just rely on – when you become a jump-shooting team, you know what? You're not going to shoot the ball great every night, and you need to be able to get points in the paint, and that's where this team is struggling as well. One thing I want to throw in there, too, is basketball is such a mental game. It is like – it's such such a mentality game, and the thing is, you know, we always talk about turnovers. They had 11 turnovers, and anything in double digits with turnovers is a little unnecessary. A little bit. Yeah, and like you were saying with the with the free throws, 10 for 20, 50 percent free throws. That's all. That's all mental. It's just things like little things they need to tweak to right. actually start winning games. Right, and, and with Kalen, you know, it's all it's all it's all cute when he's scoring points when they're up. You know. 20 points and he's making nice little moves but when the game is on the line he's not there and when the game is on the line like she said the mental game isn't there you got summers on the line choking you know kalen has a history against penn state two years ago choking on the line for the game yeah i was at that game i was too first game in the is zone and honestly you just they don't know how to handle handle it down the stretch and they did well in the ncaa tournament and once again we're not taking away from that final four but if they played Kansas, if they played Ohio State, and they got down in those games, I can't see them getting back. And I think they got very lucky. And I think now that they're in this adversity, they might not know how to get out of it. Like you said, that they've never been here. And yep. it'll be interesting to see how they respond. It will be. And uh, the Spartans, for all you listeners, they will be playing tomorrow night at the Breslin Center against uh, the Wisconsin Badgers, which is going to be a heck of a game. Uh, Wisconsin is not a slouch of a team by any means. Uh, they barely uh, they lost by a few to Illinois the other day. Uh, they're a stand-up team, and if we lose to a team like Penn State nowadays, I don't know who we can beat. Um, I'm, I'm not getting. I'm, trust me, Liz. I'm not getting completely down on this team, but I'm just. My big point is they need to prove to me that they can change the way they're playing because they're playing the same kind of ball and losing the same way. They're not fixing the mistakes that have cost them games. They're playing down to the level of the teams they play. They're either right. playing down to the level, or I mean, like even in that Duke game. I mean, if we could have turned the ball over probably six less times, I mean, 20 turnovers, right. you lost the game by five. You know, you need to, you know, those are the kinds of things, whether it's, you know, penalties in the NFL, whatever you want to call it, these are the things that shoot you in the foot. When you're not playing your best basketball, you need to do the little things right, even if you're not shooting the ball well. Right. But uh, we definitely need to move on. It's already been a quick 16. We only got 45 <laughs> minutes left. So uh, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, this is a good story, actually. It's an interesting story out of the Detroit Free Press that came out on Friday and Saturday. Uh, just some more about it. Uh, about the Pistons, Tom Gores. 
He is the new favorite bidder for the Pistons deal. Uh, Tom Gores is a uh, Michigan State alum, and he's uh, he's a billionaire. The guy's a Los Angeles financier. Uh, they're saying he in reports he's worth about $2.2 billion. I wish I was and worth that much. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's a lot of money. Well, hey, listen, we go to Michigan State maybe one day when one we're 46. Like Tom. <laughs> yes, I'm looking forward to that. Yes. How 26 can... more years. That's it. Let's go. Hey, I'll wait 26 years. Oh, yeah, I'll wait 20 years to be worth $2.2 billion. That's fine <laughs> with me, but... Um, Wouldn't we all? Yeah. But actually, uh, yes, Tom Gores is in a 30-day negotiation period uh, right now with uh, Davidson, Karen Davidson, who is uh, the wife of uh, the late Bill Davidson, who is the owner of the team right now. And uh, it's actually looking pretty decent. Uh, Tom Gores, uh, he, he's also he's been very interested since day one uh, about the Pistons. He's made comments uh, at the Clippers game. He's made comments in the Lakers game actually uh, a week ago about being very interested in owning this team. And uh, actually, you know, I mean, I know we talked about it before. Uh, I I would have liked, I would like Illich to own the team. Oh, yeah. But I really have no problem with Tom Gores owning this team. Like I said, Michigan State alum, grew up in Flint. Guy's a Michigan man. I see no. I mean, I'm not scared in any way that he would want to move this team outside of Michigan. I see no reason why he would ever want to do that. And I mean, this team, uh, you know, they were ranked. I mean, they were valued at 479 million dollars by Forbes in 2009, which is the uh, fourth highest in the NBA out of the 30 teams. But the problem with Illich in that deal was the fact that this team can't be sold for that amount these days. Right. Okay. We with the way the economy that. is, with how bad the team is, with the possible lockout potential of next year, there's no way you are going to get that much money for this team. I see this team probably being sold around the 400 million mark, maybe 415, something like that. But you know, it's still like you know, like the like the Free Press article says, this is a very valuable franchise. Okay. It includes DTE Energy Music Theater and the Palace. With the team. So you get two venues with the team. It's not just the team. You get a lot with it. Yeah, I think that's what Illich wanted out of the deal. He really wanted DT. I know he expressed that interest. Yep. Um, you know, I really hope that, I know the Palace is a state-of-the-art facility, but I think it would be great to get the Pistons back downtown, back in downtown Detroit, have like a four-corner deal where you have you know Tiger Stadium right there yep. and the, the Pistons and Red Wings share a new arena. And it would be amazing for Detroit. It would really help us out. But, you know, the Palace is just too nice maybe to do that kind of thing. Well, I mean, the Palace is nice. Uh, the Palace uh, was, uh, I believe it opened in 1987, 1988, really just the late 80s. And uh, it's about 20 years old. It's a beautiful facility. I've been there m- m- many times. Uh, but I completely agree with you, Ronnie, in the fact that the team needs to get back to Detroit. Uh, you know, we've talked about it before on this show. When you go to a Piston game, do you do anything after other than drive home? Mm-mm. Nothing. No, not There's all. just freeways surrounding the palace. You're out in Oakland County. There's nothing around there. That place now, is crazy around there to drive. It's insane. It's like so many like interchanges and stuff. Like there's nowhere to go. It's like oh, hop on a highway. Let's go home. No, We're let's all go home. Familiar of the area too. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it's just not good. I mean, you go down to Detroit and there's so many bars, there's so many restaurants, there's exactly. so many things Lots to do after. Do. So you get out of a Tigers game, a you know a Lions game, a Red Wings game. You can go to Hard Plaza. You can go to the Renaissance Center. You can go to the casino. There's a lot of stuff to do, and it creates, you know, it. If you get people spending money in the city, okay, people will go out to the bar, get a few drinks, get a bite to eat in the city, rather than just go home and go to, you know, wherever they're from, Rochester, Sterling Heights, Warren, and just go home and do their stuff. And everybody wins. Then the city of yeah. Detroit, the Pistons, everybody in the community wins. There, it's it, it's a no brainer. Exactly. You talk about state of the art. You build a new downtown facility with the Red Wings and the Pistons. Not only are you going to be able to have both of those teams play at that venue, you're going to be able to have concerts. You're going to be able to bring a lot of extra revenue. You're talking about probably 300 days 
of just, you know, stuff going on at that facility. The thing I want to bring up is what about the Joe, though? The Joe is... Well, Joe's old. Joe's a, I mean, Joe's but it's such a historical... Megan, Joe's a piece. It's such a historical part, oh. though. I mean, uh, how many... Okay, Have tell me. Have you been to the Joe? Yes, I've been to the... I was actually just there in traffic. December. I was there for a concert. But, okay, listen to me. I mean, how upset were you guys when they tore down Tiger Stadium? Well, listen, I mean... A piece of history. Down. We're not saying tear it down. Come on. Yeah. What would they do with it, then? You could just leave it there? Have you seen the... All the hockey play, you know, the great teams, the Capitals, the Penguins, they have great, nice stadiums. Beautiful. We have this just piece of garbage. We got this pygmy thing. Come on now. What would they, okay, what would they call the new thing? What would they call it? It would probably be some, obviously, it'd be some company. It couldn't be called Joe (sighs) Lewis. I hate that too. Don't get me wrong. But that's just, that's this day and age. I mean, people said that Olympia too. When they were moving out of Olympia, people were like, I don't want to leave. Well, I mean, it is the Joe. New traditions are formed, and a team like the Red Wings, which is a dynasty, deserves a dynasty like facility. I mean, nothing against Comerica, but Comerica Park, I love Tiger Stadium so much more than Comerica right, Park. Right, but, but Comerica Park is beautiful. It is a nice. Great I'm, not, place. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking down Comerica Park. It's just the Joe's so historical. No, it is historical. But the Joe opened up in 1979. We're talking about 32 years right now of a facility that's just getting run down. I love the Joe, too. I've been, I went to the, I've been going to Joe since I was a kid. But at the same time, a state-of-the-art facility like Ronnie brought up, the better franchises in this league deserve that. It brings more fans. brings more people. It's always about the money. It is. It? it is. It's in this always world, about it, the it money. It's a money world. Right? I know it is. And that's what that's what's, I, I don't like about this day and age. Everything's about money. Uh, it has to be. It makes the world go round. It's what you know. What's what creates you know business is what just. I mean, it needs to happen. I would love to see the Pistons back in Detroit. It'd be great for the city. I mean, I agree with you there. No, it would be great for the city. Tom Gores, honestly, I I could see this deal getting uh, worked out. I think before the thirty day deadline, give it a week, give it two weeks. He seems very interested in buying this team, and you know what? That's great. Gets the handcuffs off Joe Dumars. And actually, that's what we're going to get to right now real fast. Possible trade uh, going on between the Nets, Nuggets, and Pistons. Uh, basically another blockbuster deal in the works uh, as of uh, Friday when the story broke. And uh, this uh, has to do with Rip Hamilton leaving the Pistons. Rip Hamilton would be traded to the New Jersey Nets. And uh, we would get Johan Petro and uh, Troy Murphy. We get Troy Murphy's expiring contract, and we would have to pick up just a little bit of Johan Petro's contract, which isn't that much of anything. Uh, basically, at the same time, if we get those two players, um, we, since we already have the roster of 15 players, we would have to get rid of a couple guys. You'd have right. to cut about two guys, uh, you know, small guys with small salaries, you know, maybe like at the one Summers, uh, just you know, a guy that you know, maybe even like a, I mean, who else? do we have? Three, yeah, three called White. I mean, get rid of him. He doesn't play. But um, it's a huge deal. Uh, basically, the Nuggets are going to be sending... I mean, this isn't finalized They, they give up their team. They, the Nuggets are just basically assassinating their organization. It's unbelievable. If they do it, I, I, I'm just so surprised. Like, I don't understand. I mean, for all you listeners right now, here's what the deal includes, okay? The Nets, New Jersey Nets, would receive Carmelo Anthony, Chauncey Billups, Anthony Carter, and Sheldon Williams. Now, Denver would be getting Devin Harris, which is great. That's a good pickup for him. But Devin Harris and Chauncey Billups, it's negligible. I mean, they're basically roughly the same, in my opinion. Derek Favors, Anthony Morrow, Stephen Graham, Quinton Ross, Ben Uzo, and uh, potentially multiple first-round picks for Denver. But at the same time, it feels like they're cashing it in. Um, I don't understand why they would want to do this. It's a good deal for the Pistons. Um, the Pistons are un- trying to unload Hamilton's contract two been years. Forever. Been trying. I mean, the, when they signed this extension back in 2008, I always wondered why they gave him that much money. It was way too much money. They were giving him about $12.5 million a year. 
for about three, four years. Right. Way too much money. Uh, they're trying to get rid of this $21.5 million, which is good. If they free that up, it's going to free them up. And basically, if they can get this deal down, it's going to free up about $7 million of cap space, which is good. Not to mention, you have Tayshawn Prince's contract coming off the books, which will be $11.5 million at the end of the year. And you're going to be getting rid of Chris, Wa- Chris Wilcox's expiring contract of $3 million. So when all is said and done, you know we have the potential to have $21.5 million. Plus, uh, it looks like you know we're going to get a second-round draft pick that draft pick out of this as well because you know it, we really you know basically as the story says the Pistons weren't going to go at this they weren't going to do this unless they at least got a second round pick because when the story broke on Friday the Nets wanted the Pistons first round pick and the free press reported that the Pistons wouldn't even consider that all right thank god yeah. okay that's basically would be getting nothing. You'd yeah. just be losing. Yeah, you'd be getting nothing. Now, Troy Murphy, uh, Troy Murphy. I don't know if he's been injured this year. I don't know what. Uh, trust me, I don't watch any Nets games, so I really don't know how Troy Murphy is. But the guy's <laughs> in his ninth year in the NBA. Um, he's been at, he averages a career average of 11.8 points a game, 8.5 rebounds. If he could play in any way like that, that's great. We need big guys. That's what his team has lacked. They have no size. They can't rebound the ball, and they get beat up in the post. Guy like Troy Murphy, guy like Johan Petro, you know, both centers, they both play the center power forward position. That's what we need. And I know, trust me, these aren't going to be long term guys, but they could help us this year. And this is what I want to get into. The Pistons right now are two and a half games out of the eighth spot. Okay? Two and a half. As crappy as they've played, they are two and a half games out of the eighth spot. That's how bad the bottom of the East is. The bottom of the yeah. East is yeah. garbage. It's just, ugh. it's ab- yeah, it's absolute trash. Okay, two and a half games. Do you really want to make the playoffs? Really? Yes. Do we really want to make the playoffs. We need with twenty one million dollars. I think Joe can rebuild the team. Get him a good, nice young player. You know, last year I was praying for the John Wall sweepstakes. We didn't get it. No, we need that money. We need to. We need. We need that money. And once we have it, we can go get. A young player, but if we make the playoffs, you know, you're out of that, that conversation. You're out of the lottery. You're out of the, even the, the chance to get the lucky ball that you're number one. You know? Yeah, I mean, most likely. That's the thing. And then you just said it, it's a lucky ball. I mean, we fell to seventh. We had, a, what, I believe it was like a 4 or 3% chance that right, year, right, you know, last yeah. year to get right. the number one spot. And we still, our record was 27 to 55. So, I mean, the Pistons, <laughs> like I said, I guess my question is not do you want them to make the playoffs, but do you think they're going to make the playoffs? I ask you, Ronnie, do you think the Pistons, being two and a half games out of the eighth spot, you're basically contending with Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Charlotte, Toronto? The East is just so bad. They could make the playoffs. Uh, I'm not going to say they are, I think. I, I don't like Tracy McGrady. I never have. I, I, you know, Rip Hamilton, they have talent. It's just... I don't know if they're a, they're a good team. They're not like the team we saw in 2004 when we won. It's it's just not like that anymore. And I, but the East is so bad, they have a pretty good shot. And it's kind of disturbing that you can be that bad and you know make it into the playoffs. Well, I mean, and that's the NBA. The NBA, I mean, I've said it before. I mean, preseason, I, could, I can tell you right now, I could have told you the six teams that are contentious to win the championship. Right. Blindly, easily, hands down, I can predict who's basically going to be there come, you know, come, come June. Mm-hmm. I just know it. The NBA is that predictable. There's not parity in the NBA. I mean, if you look at the top of the East, Boston, Miami, Orlando, Chicago, Atlanta. New York at the sixth spot, and you know when they got Amari, you knew they'd be better. Mm-hmm. None of that is a surprise. Right. None of it. Maybe the biggest surprise is the old farts out there in San Antonio are doing so well. Yeah. I, you know, Tim Duncan, how long has he been in the league? Yeah. I mean, he's been in the <laughs> league since 1997. Uh, you know, it's a bunch of old men, yet they're 31 and 6. Right. Okay, that is a shock. But no, Dallas, Lakers, Oklahoma City, Utah, we all knew they were going to be there. 
Everybody did. The NBA is the most predictable league in sports. Who you got? Who you got? If you got to pick someone today, who you got? To win the championship? Yeah. Uh... I'm gonna have to go with my Lakers, but I hope go. they hope they pick it up. Go with your Lakers. You know, I, I I'd love them to win. I want Kobe. I think Kobe. I like Kobe a lot. I think he's Kobe's my favorite player in the league. I think yep. he's better than Jordan. I really do. And people could call in and argue that. You know, but <laughs> that'd be a good. Yeah, I think good yeah, it's Lakers Celtics, and I don't think you can really give the Heat a lot of. Not, I don't think the Heat are that good. Everyone's like, oh, LeBron and Dwayne. No. Well, I mean, they, they, they've strung it together. I mean, they've right, won nine right. straight. They're 30-9. Right. and nine. They're, they're good. I'm not saying they're not good. Yeah. I just don't think they're enough of a team. What They, they scored, I think there was 90 of the 106 points, the th- big three. Yeah. Like, you can't have that. And with one of them that goes cold, you just, I just don't see them winning. Yeah. All right. Well, winning. we got a quick call. Let's take it. Hey, Paul, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Oh, hello. Hey, how's it going? It's like a shout-out to my Ducks. Quick, 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 quick. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll get to that after the break. <laughs> okay, and I want to know what you guys think uh, Joe Dumars will do with all this cap space. All this cap space. He's going to pick up another Villanueva, Ben Gordon. Oh, please don't say that. Right. Uh, I hope not. That was just a waste of his last free energy. <laughs> no, definitely not. And listen, I think Ben Gordon, that was a fine pickup. All right, nothing was wrong with Ben Gordon, especially not if you money. Well, I mean, we paid him. It was five year, fifty-five million. With the contracts they threw around this summer, that's cheap. Okay. The point is Villanueva. You know, I mean, we only paid him five years, five years for thirty-five million. What this, what Joe needs to do is get a big guy. He needs right. to find an Elton Brand. He needs to find a guy that can be, you know, whether it's a Zach Randolph, okay, a Chris Kamen. We need a force in the post. And I think Dumars, I think Dumars is, you know, one of the best GMs in the league. Yes, he's he's had mis, missteps, he's messed up, but you know what? Everybody has. He's been handcuffed by this team being up for sale this long. Hasn't been able to do what he wants. I think everyone gets a little too down on the Pistons after they made it to six straight Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, yeah, they've had two, two rough years. We get spoiled when teams are constantly good. Yeah, I totally agree, but he, he blew the opportunity for a dynasty with that Darko pick, and that is enough to fight. You can't, you can't fault him for the Darko pick. It was, you know, Darko Milicic looked great. He looked great. three could have been Pistons. Move the big three, and that easily would have given us. But Darko looked amazing, and everybody, every other GM they have talked to since that situation has says yes, they would have picked Darko in that situation. You didn't know what they were going to be, and yes, he was a bust. He didn't work out, but it is what it is. And you know, right now, Joe needs a, a young guy, a young big guy to build the franchise around. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot for the call, Paul. Yep. See you when you get home, Ron. <laughs> That was my roommate, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes. No, but Ronnie, I agree with you. I just right, real fast before we take the break, I do not fault Jody for that Darko pick no, either. Not at all. I, I, I've read the same things. Everyone thought Darko was the guy, the talent. Uh, yeah. Okay. Everyone said you could have Dwayne Wade, you could have Chris Bosh, you could have Carmelo Anthony. You know what? So what? The team never even should have had a two pick anyhow in 2003. They were lucky because that was a back. That was a pick from years past. From okay. the Grand Hill trade. Yeah. From the Grand Hill trade. Got blessed with at yeah. that moment. Okay. Yeah. It didn't work out. But you know what? I don't believe that this team would have won a championship in 2004 if they did get a guy like Carmelo Anthony or like you know a Bosh or a Dwayne Wade. It changes the team. This team is not a superstar built team. All right. We're gonna take a quick break. When we get back, we're definitely gonna get to the NFL. All right, this is Spartan Sports Wrap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. 
But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Prime Time. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on The Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap here in 80.9 WDBM East Lansing. We are back. All right. Now we are going to get to, I, was, I said the NFL, but I lied. Okay. We're actually going to go to the college football game that is being played this evening. Okay. Auburn Tigers are facing the Oregon Ducks in the BCS National Championship game in Glendale, Arizona tonight at 830. Now, before, we don't need to preview the game so much. Two of the most potent offenses in the NCAA. Some really good defenses. Auburn only giving up around 24 points a game. Oregon giving up 18 points. LaMichael James, Cam Newton, you got everything you want. Cammy Cam. Cammy Cam. Keep on smiling. My Cam dad, Newton. I never knew my dad gave that, took that money. Uh, I have it on good word that Cam Newton put $100,000 on Auburn tonight. So Yes. You know. <laughs> well, now, I don't know where he got that money, but. Now I got to go to you, Ronnie. Do you think? Who do you think is going to win? All right. I think this is a pretty easy pick. You look at the uh, two conferences. The SEC is the strongest conference in football because it's different there. Recruiting here is you get a nice visit. You know, you have a nice time. Recruiting there is you get a car. You get a house for your mother. You get $100,000. The SEC (laughs) is dirty, and I think... Auburn is the dirtiest team of them all, and I think Cam Newton, one of the rarest players out there. He's strong. He's fast. Oregon hasn't seen a team like him. They haven't anywhere. They haven't been challenged like that. But you know, you got Auburn, who played. I I think still the arguably the best team, Alabama in the nation. I really thought they had the most talent, and uh-huh. they, they they beat these teams, and they've proven it. Their track record. Uh, you know, give me go Tigers. Go Tigers. You think they'll uh, cover the spread? Yeah, what the spread's about, at minus three. What about you? What, who do you got? Who do you got? Who do I got? I'm gonna take the Duckies. Oh, quack cool. quack. Let's go, Emilio. Uh, no, I think the Ducks are gonna win. Uh, we talked about this. I say that in more respect because I don't like Auburn, like you said. Right. I do think the SEC is. It's a power conference. It's you know, I, it's almost unfair, like you said, the way they recruit, the way they do it. They're almost it's like the NFL over there. It's ridiculous the way they do things. I like. I think it's going to be a real close game. Yeah. I know. I will see if Oregon can handle Cam Newton. Cam Newton is he is something that no team really has ever seen before. And uh, I think Lamichael James though, if they can get, if they can establish that run game, keep Cam Newton off the field. If right. they can run the ball effectively and keep Cam Newton off the field as long as possible, they got a shot to win this. Right, and the reason I think Oregon is so has has a good shot. I don't think they'll win, but they're so fast. They're so fast-paced. They have that fast tempo, and Auburn really hasn't seen of that fast a tempo so far. And I, it'd be interesting to see how they, how they, you know, adjust to that speed if they do pull a cal and pull injury, fake injuries out there so they don't yeah. get out the field. Yeah, really. But uh, you know, I think the difference in the game will be third downs and stopping Cam Newton on long third downs mm-hmm. and uh, Nick Fairley. I think he will be the difference in the game, the defensive tackle from Auburn. Yep. I think he will eat Lamichael James alive. I really do. I think he is such a rare talent. He looks like a young Adam and Sue. Mm-hmm. I, I really love Nick Fairley. So I think I think that will be the difference. All right. Now, Megan, hmm. who do you think is going to win? I have to go with Ronnie. You know. I have to go with Auburn. You got to go with Auburn? I do. Um, 
I don't like I don't know a whole bunch about these teams. I wish I knew a little bit more than I do, but I just Auburn's program is just ridiculous. Uh-huh. And I just think like you said it's going to be close. I mean, obviously it's the BCS championship. And I I do I have to say Auburn though. That's my pick. Okay. Now, here's a question I want to pose to our listeners real fast. Are you as excited for this game as you maybe were two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a month ago? Does playing the game so long after the regular season ends, does it lose a little bit of its luster after all these bowl games, after the holidays, after all this? A lot of people maybe are college footballed out. It's been, you know, we've been watching bowl games since December 18th. Give me a call, 517-432-3893. Are you excited for this game, or are you mildly excited? I think the luster of bowl games are gone. There's so many bowl games now. A six-win team gets in. You know, 10 years ago, we played in the Citrus Bowl, and that was, like, a huge deal. Huge game. Yes, we played Florida. We won. Huge deal. One of the best teams we were 10-2. and two. We were you know, we were, I think, 9-2 going to that game, 10-2 after the game. Yep. But th- today's day, you got, you know, the Pizza Pizza Bowl, the UCF Holiday Bowl, and you're just, it's, who are these teams? You got Nevada and some Utah. It's just, or the uh, BBVA Compass Bowl. Right, they, that, they don't even make sense. The Mankey Car Care Bowl. Here we go, everybody. But, Dave, you were saying earlier that, you know, if come, it should have been, like, January 3rd. should have been I a mean, week ago. Exactly. I mean, yesterday we started our, yeah, yesterday. Hello. Um, we started, you know, NFL playoffs. You're following NFL playoffs. Some huge upsets that think- just happened. And, I mean, who really cares about college right. football right, right. now? And, and don't you think also the players? It's a month since they've played a game for That's right. the thing. Will these teams come off the same? Right. Are they, you know, they might be disinterested too, wouldn't you? I'd kind of be I, like, it's been a month. I mean, I I'm excited. But <laughs> I think, know, where's yeah. my Nike uniform I'm getting? That's what the Ducks are saying right, right. now. Seriously. Right. I mean, I just think that. I mean, I, I know everyone's all excited thinking that this is going to. I mean, you got the over being at 75 points. Honestly, I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. I think the teams are going to. I mean, it's going to be high scoring, but it's not going to be that high scoring. I think these teams are going to come out a little nervous, a little shaky. Like Ronnie said, they haven't played in a month, over a month almost. That's a long time to not play football and to still be as amped up and as excited as you were when you ended that season knowing you were going there. Right, and the Pac-10 doesn't have a championship. So Auburn has at least been on the field a little, you know, two weeks more than Oregon has. So. Yeah. They obviously have a little advantage there, but you know, I make it earlier, reduce the bulls, make it better for everyone. I know it's a big money maker, and like we said, the world is run on money. Megan, you said so. Run on money. And uh, this, you know, it's it is what it is. Well, that's why we're probably not going to get a playoff system for a long time because these bowl games generate so much revenue that if they were to have a playoff system, you're getting rid of a lot of bowl games. You need a playoff, and a lot of people are going to lose money. But we got to call real fast. Let's take the call. Hey, Nick, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Hey, this is uh, Nick from South Lion. Hey, how you doing, Nick? I've been ripping this, this big old nose all night, and I'm taking Auburn. You taking Auburn? Oh, yeah. Why do you got Auburn? Uh, I just think their D-line is too good, Pac-10. SEC's been facing that kind of speed all year that Oregon, Oregon has. Taking Auburn. Where do you live in South Lion? Uh, you know, I live down eight miles, an hour road, right in that area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, just because of the D-line, is that the, that's the only reason you think they're going to win this game? You know, I think their defense is a little under their, you know, they've been playing against the top competition in the nation. No, they definitely have. But, I mean, do you think with the layoff that's going to affect Cam Newton, it's going to affect this team at all? Uh, a little. But I still think that the competition they've beaten this year is just better than anyone that 
Oregon played or is or is Oregon. No, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I mean, the SEC to the Pac-10, I mean, it's apples and oranges. The SEC's got, I mean, it's murderer's row when you got to play that kind of schedule. How do you feel yeah. about the game being as late as it is, too? That was the one thing yeah, we were I mean, talking that, about. Yeah, I mean, that's about Yeah, do you like it on January 10th? you like it this late? Yeah, you're a high school uh, kid. You, you would know, know I, that. I mean, I, I don't like that it, it's just that much of the, you know, it's just late in the season. If they made it a little earlier, maybe had like five bowl games surrounding it. You know, there's too many bowl games now, too much money lost, or too much money into it now. As Megan said, the world's run on money, and it's just taken away from the game and the excitement. No, I definitely agree, Nick, and thanks a lot for the phone call. All right, goodbye. Bye-bye. Right, no, I mean, I, I, I mean Auburn, Oregon. I, I'm, I'm going to Oregon because I hate Auburn. Yeah, I'm just going to go with my gut. I think Oregon surprises the nation. But uh, we are definitely going to move on. We only got 20 minutes. This show always flies, I tell you. It's ridiculous. All right, but let's get to the NFL. All right, the NFL... Had, it was a great weekend in the NFL for the playoffs. Wild card weekend. Okay, you had Ravens, Chiefs, Packers, Eagles, all kinds of great games. Seahawks, Saints, all kinds of great games. Now, I assume you watched some of these games, Ronnie. Right. Real quick, did you see the Marshawn Lynch run? That's really oh, what I wanted to start. You know. Of course. Oh my God. Best run of the year. Wow. All right, go on. That's, I really couldn't. No. I had to get it. Wow. I was just thinking about it. I, 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 if I could, you know, if I could like have a TV for you guys to see this run, and for those of you who didn't see it, it was the most unbelievable thing. It was. He bowled seen. him over. He took Tracy Porter and just oh threw my. him to the turf. Oh my! It, oh my. it was fantastic. Uh, this, again, for every, all of our listeners who did not see the games actually this weekend, the Seahawks upset the Saints forty-one to thirty-six in a fantastic game. Uh, no one thought the Seahawks had this potential. Uh, ten-point home, ten-point dogs at home, and if that tells you anything, no one thought this team was going to win, and uh, they they did it. They're seven and nine. No one thought they were even going to be there. No. Seven and nine, and they're in. And you know what? I'm rooting for them to win the Super Bowl. Go all the way. I don't care. I mean, just to see a team like that. And, I mean, honestly, coming up next week, and we'll get to the picks in a minute, I think they got a decent, decent shot against the Bears. But uh, the Ravens also played the Chiefs. The Chiefs got smoked 30-7. to Looked like a joke out there. Castle threw three picks. Uh, the Ravens' defense just It was all on. over the place. Castle couldn't do anything. He got hit every time. I felt bad for him. It, I mean, he. it was embarrassing for the Chiefs. I mean, it was good for them to get there finally, but... That Ravens defense, uh, if you had them in fantasy, I know it's over, but that's like 50 points. It was unbelievable. Oh, yeah, I mean, unreal. They forced two fumbles that they recovered. Like I said, they picked them off three times. There was another fumble they could have even got, but forward. The tuck rule. The tuck rule. The Tom Brady. The Tom Brady. Yes. Tom Brady took. Uh, <laughs> saved, saved the Chiefs a little yeah. bit there. But uh, they still got smoked. Uh, like I said, Seahawks won their game. The Packers upset the Eagles 21-16. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, as always, poised, in control. Uh, just you know, took care of the game. Three touchdown passes, no turnovers. Played a great game. And the Packers, D got the best of Mike Vick. The dog killer goes down. Yeah, he does. I like Mike Vick. I, I don't have a problem with Mike Vick. I really was rooting for him. I you know Everyone gives him this bad rap, but he's... He's come back and done it okay. Is he a good guy? Probably not. But you got to root for the guy. He's come back. He is, I believe, the most dynamic player in yeah. the NFL. I mean, listen, the guy did his time for what he did. What he did was wrong, of course, okay? I love dogs myself, but I can't under, I can't explain that kind of culture, that kind of idea down there in the South. I do believe it is kind of a culture thing, and it's a money-making thing. Oh, yeah. Okay? You know, it's just something that... 
I'm not I'm not trying to you know absolve this guy of what he did, but he did his time, and for all you know respective purposes, he's behaving correctly, and you know it's a great it's a great comeback story, and you know that's what we love to see, great comeback, and hopefully the guy just doesn't do anything else stupid, yeah. the rest of his career. But let's get to the picks for this weekend, okay? And wait, for, sorry, Colts and Jets, okay? Great game. Uh, Colts ended up winning. I mean, uh, Jets ended up winning that game by a point, mm-hmm. uh, last second field goal uh, by Nick Folk. Uh, really great game. Back and forth. I really wish the Jets would have lost. Don't really like the Jets. Rex Ryan's fat butt just out there always yapping his mouth off. Blair White played a lot. Blair White did. Uh, and, you know, Peyton Manning was in his face at the end of one of those incompletions. I don't know why, but it was. it's cool to see a Spartan who, you know, no one thought was good. Lions passed on him for, I think it was Nick Toon. Way to go there. Yeah, awesome pick. Um, way to go, guys. Uh, then he's awesome. He's great. You know, he only he doesn't make a lot of money in the NFL, but he will next year. That's for sure. He will. I mean, the guy's been doing well. Like I said, I just can't stay in the Jets. But let's right. get to the picks for this upcoming weekend, all right? You got Ravens at Steelers. Steelers right now are favored by three and a half. Steelers are at home. I love my Steelers. These teams split the regular season. Each team won on the road. All right. Ronnie, what do you got? Uh, I think it's easy pick. As good as the Ravens are playing right now, I think the Ravens win, and I think it's their defense that carry them all the way, not just through this game, but to the Super Bowl. Megan, Megan, you're on the clock. (laughs) I'm on the clock. I get to pick? Yep. I, you, I talked to you about this before the show. I love my Steelers. I think they're a great team. They have some great talent. I mean, you got Roethlisberger. Troy Palomalu. And Palomalu. He's scary. He is, scary man out there. I... They, they, their team is. I, I love the Steelers. I mean, I can't go against my Steelers. There's no possible way. I can't go for Baltimore, so I'm gonna have to say Pittsburgh. All right, I got Baltimore. Um, for mainly the same reasons Ronnie does, I think their defense is just uh, it just suffocates teams. But their offense is still potent. Joe Flacco looked excellent oh, yeah. out there uh, yesterday. He played a great game. Bolden played well. They all they all played well. Yeah, they all played well. If they can play Gahey a game like and that, Ray Rice, they were all over the place. Like you know, they ran through them. Like, yeah, it was a, it was crazy. And I really, I mean, and you know, just like I said, each of these teams won on the road in the regular season. I don't think home mm-hmm. field has much to do with this game. Um, it's going to be a. This is one of my favorite rivalries in the NFL. I love watching Baltimore and Pittsburgh play. It's always a great low-score game, defensive-minded defensive, defensive minded the whole way. I think it's going to be a fantastic game, but I got Baltimore as well. All right, Packers at Falcons. Falcons are favored by two right now in Vegas. And uh, who do you got, Ronnie? Well, this one's a little tougher. I, I, do, I would have liked the Falcons up until I watched the Packers play this week. And after they had... Their running game finally got on track after every week of just being terrible. I got the Packers. I think uh, Rodgers is one of the most poised quarterbacks I've seen. He had not a sweat in his thing when he had to come out there and make plays at the end of the game. He just cool, calm, collected, and got it done. So I got the Packers. (sighs) Megan. Wouldn't that be a Cinderella story? Wouldn't it be? It would. Wouldn't it be? Um... I I honestly don't know too many too much about the teams. I know um, Green Bay was in wild card. Um, yep. I just be <laughs> I don't know. There's not much I can say. I'm gonna go against Ronnie, seeing as I'm against you guys. Maddie Ice Pitts- going with Pittsburgh and Baltimore. So I'm gonna go with Atlanta. All right, you got Atlanta. I actually am gonna have to take Atlanta too. I would love to see Green Bay win this game. Yeah. I don't like the Falcons, but the Falcons at home, they're just. They're demonstrative. They're like twenty and one at home in the last two seasons. They play fantastic. Okay, Michael I'm, Turner's great. Michael Turner's great. Matt Ryan again. I mean, fantastic quarterback. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I think it's gonna be a real close game. I mean, they did play earlier this year. Green Bay lost on a late field goal to Atlanta. It's gonna be a great game. I'm gonna have to go Falcons. So, 
All right, next one. You want to talk about Cinderella. Seahawks at the Bears. Cinderella will be going to Chicago, and uh, Bears are right now favored by 10. I hate the Bears. I I don't think they're that good. The Lions beat you this year. I don't care what anyone says. Um, Seahawks, I don't even care. Go Marshawn Lynch. Just keep on running right through them. There you go. Hey, if we're saying the Lions can beat the Bears, I think anyone can. So I'm going to have to go with Seattle, too. All right. I got Seattle, too. I'm going to keep picking them until they lose. Oh, yeah. Uh, Seattle, they did beat Chicago earlier this year, 23-20 to on October 17th. Um, I think Chicago is overrated. Sometimes they can play a great game, but Jay Cutler's most schizophrenic quarterback oh, in the yeah. league. Um, he can either have four touchdowns or he can have four picks. Uh, you never know what you get. Jay Cutler is going to show up, and I hate the Bears as well. I hate Jay Cutler. I hate his face. I hate everything about him. I hope the Seahawks win. He went to Vanderbilt. How can you even like yeah, him? Yeah, Vandy, get out of here. All right. All right, next pick, Jets at Patriots, which uh, should be a real good game. Patriots right now favored by 8.5. What do you got, Ronnie? It's hard to pick against the Sanchez, but, uh, you know, like you said, Rex Ryan, he's fat. I, he was hilarious on that Hard Knock show, though. I, I, no, you know, he is. He was, he was really funny. But, you know, you can't pick against the experience, and Tom Brady is the best quarterback. It pains me to say it, a U of M boy, but yeah. is the best quarterback. They are the best team right now. Yeah, Patriots. Megan, Patriots or Jets? Patriots. I mean, it was too close of a game with Indianapolis. And, you know, having the number one seed and the number three seed, and you're just going up against them. And I just have to say Patriots. Patriots have given me no reason to pick against them. They're the best team in the NFL. Um, I'm definitely going to go Patriots. I think the Jets, uh, Sanchez, like you said, uh, you know, this guy... He plays well at times, but he really doesn't have the accuracy when it comes to it. Uh, when he's going downfield, he does miss some big, big, big passes when he has to. The Patriots, listen, they're Super Bowl bound, in my opinion. Let's go, Patriots. All right, but let's see. We got 10 minutes left. Um, real fast, I want to do this real briefly. Uh, just a uh, mock draft, basically, for the Lions. Ronnie, what do you think the, who do you think the Lions should be looking at? And who, well, at least position wise, who should they be getting? They pick 11, correct? Is that uh, 13th. 13th? Wow, okay. Well,. Oh, that was, I don't know. Uh, okay, so I think defensive back, we've, we've watched the Lions all year, and they have just really struggled in the defensive backfield. But at 13, I just don't know if the guys you'd want there are there. Like I, Everyone says Patrick Peterson is this end-all, be-all corner. He is going to play safety. He's 220 pounds. I think, really, if you're looking at, if I'm going to give you a name here, I'm going to throw Two names. One is a defensive back, Prince Akumanura yep. from Nebraska. I think he is... I think he is, you know, he's a great player. His hips move well. He's quicker. I think he would be your corner if you're going to pick a corner. And if you don't go corner, pick pick a defensive end. And really, you know, Bosch, Vandenbosch isn't getting any younger. No, pick he's a not. defensive end. Give me Adrian Claiborne. Give me one of those guys. I'm okay with that. And just see what happens because you put someone with Sue, you don't need good defensive backs because they'll get home. But, you, you know, it, it's a wash. It's 13. You never know who's going to be there. What do you? What about you? Who do you got? Uh, I, mean, I definitely agree. This team needs to draft either corner. I mean, with your top picks, I want a cornerback. I want a safety or a defensive end. They need to. They need to shore up this position. I like either Alden Smith out of Missouri. Okay. Alden Smith is looking at me. He's a good guy. Uh, and you know, obviously, I mean, I mean, I've been hearing rumors. Janoris Jenkins out of Florida, also for a cornerback. Because I agree with you. I don't think Peterson's going to be available. I don't see Peterson be available at 13. Maybe he falls and we get lucky, but I'm doubting it. No way. I really, he's, he's Eric Berry all over again. Yeah, he is. I just don't see the guy falling like that. It doesn't seem to happen. Other than that, I mean, I agree. Get a defensive end. Get someone like that. Uh, you know, this team needs to just draft defense. Draft defense, defense, defense. Mm-hmm. If you pick anyone on offense with your first couple picks, I'm going to flip out. I wouldn't okay. mind a tackle just because 
you know, Matt, the real Matty Ice is like you know Matt Stafford because his ice is always ice. So <laughs> yeah, I would not mind a left tackle protect that arm, but really that is at this point you just you're too bad on defense. Yeah. They need to fix their defense. I mean, and listen, I, I've said this before. I have no problem with them falling to 13. Okay, it was good for the mentality of this team to win those four games at the end of the season. Trust me, a team that is just so used to losing, this is important for them to get past that hump. Will it carry over to the next season? I don't know. Okay, it depends how they draft. It depends what they do in free agency. But at the same time, for the mentality of this team, that was important to win those four games. Okay, and it gives you flexibility. Again, if you are the number two, three, four, five pick, you are you are basically forced to take a certain guy. Practically, you really are, right. and pay him an egregious amount of money. Okay, you fall to thirteen, you have some more wiggle room. You can really look around. We've said this last week. What makes the best teams in the NFL great? They draft well late in the rounds. They draft well at the five, the six, the seventh. Where do you think Tom Brady came from? He came from the sixth round. The Patriots, they give up their first, second picks all the time, but they draft great three through seven. Let's see if the Lions and Marty Mayhew and these guys can get it done. They've been drafting well the last two years. Let's see them continue it. Right. You can't have all that money in the front of your lineup. You have all that money in Sue. You have all that money in Stafford. And you just you can't do that because you can't make your whole team better. Falling to 13 gives you more options with that money. Yep. It lets you pick the best player available instead, instead of having to pick, like you said, if you're number one, you got to take a quarterback, just like last year. You know, you look at Bradford and you look at Sue, well, everybody's going to say, you know, Sue for your team, but they couldn't pick that because you can't put that much money in defensive tackle. Yep. It, you know, it is... How it is what it is, and when you're that high, you're you're pretty much locked in on what you're going to do. So, you know, it's good we're 13, mm-hmm. and I think starting to spread that money around. You know, that this team, and I know every year everyone gets excited about the Lions, but for the first time they don't have that losing attitude in their eyes, and they look like they care. So exactly, I'm excited. Me too. But we're going to move on past football real fast. Uh, I want to give uh, all of our Red Wings fans out there uh, a little update on this team. Uh, broke today, Chris Osgood is going to be out for six to eight weeks with a sports hernia. He, uh, it will require surgery. He will undergo surgery uh, tomorrow at the hands of Dr. William Meyer. Um, uh, Ken Holland, who is the general manager of the Red Wings, says, quote, if the doctor sees a significant tear, uh, it will be closer to eight weeks that he will be out. Uh, says, quote, if not, it will be closer to six. We won't know until the doctor goes in there and sees how and see how bad it is. Um, right now, the Red Wings are dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, like I said, Osgood is out now. Uh, Brad Stewart, he had his jaw broken by a cheap, cheap shot. shot. Can't believe that was from Kostiupolis, uh against when they played Calgary on Friday. Uh, Kostiupolis got suspended for six games, thirty thousand dollar fine. Should be more. Uh, it's uh, cheap shots to the head or something the NHL has been trying to get rid of. It's dangerous. These guys can really get hurt, end their careers. You know, it's something that's just should not be allowed. I don't think you probably can't suspend them more than six games. It just is a cheap shot. It stinks that it happened. Uh, Brad Stewart will be out for about six to eight weeks as well with his jaw being broken in two spots. Mike Badano still out with his uh, tendons in his wrist being sliced a couple months ago. He will he won't be back until March. And uh, like I said, like uh, Dan Cleary and Pavel Datsuk, they will be back around the beginning of February. Uh, Cleary with his ankle injury and Datsuk with the broken wrist in his, with his uh, right broken wrist. So they're dealing with a lot of injuries, but I want to give the Red Wings a lot of prop. Halfway through the season, this team has 59 points. They're second in the league in points, uh, just one point behind Vancouver. Played a fantastic game against Vancouver on Saturday. On a back-to-back, they won again. They won in a shootout against Calgary on Friday, five to four. And they won two to one against Vancouver on Saturday. Uh, excellent performance by Jimmy Howard on back-to-back nights, and he's going to need to keep that up. 
because with Osgood being out six to eight weeks, uh, basically Babcock and the organization has said they will stick with Joey McDonald as the backup uh, from the Griffins. So, you know, Howard, young kid, you know, he's just got to keep it up. Time to go, Howard. It's time, yep. to be, time to prove you are the guy. You are who they're going to every night. And guy, I like Jimmy Howard. I think he is better than Osgood. And I just think. Oh, definitely. I think this team, you know, they're, you know, they're on one leg pretty much. They're on one leg. They're injured. They're beaten up, but they're still winning. They're still and winning. And when they're healthy, watch out. Watch out. Yeah, Sidney Crosby, you and your 25-game point streak, I don't care. Yeah. We will beat you. That and your molestash will go down, okay, come Stanley Cup time. Oh, my God, that thing is terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, oh. See, I mean, it looks like a bunch of pubes on his face. But, um, it, it, it does. It really does. It really does. But, uh, yeah, again, the Red Wings, they're playing great hockey, even with all their injuries. I love it. Okay, this team, you know, we've said it before. Last year, they struggled and they got hurt. Because they got hurt late in the season. You play in that Phoenix series on the road at that five spot, that's tough. You want to at least lock up the first four spots. You don't want to have to start the playoffs on the road. It's very important that they don't. They're playing good hockey. They play tonight at Colorado, 9 o'clock. Check it out if you want. The Pistons also will be going tonight at Chicago at 8 o'clock. Check it out if you want to. And let's see, we got three minutes left, so I'm going to get to my interesting facts. What's today? Today. Well, since college football will be done, at the, after tonight, we are going to do college football fun facts. All oh, right. Check that out. Okay. And if this computer would stop spinning, and okay, thank you. I'll give you one. Michigan uh, played for played Ann Arbor High School in a game for one of their national championships in some 1900 game. Way to go, Michigan! Wow, go Wolverines! <laughs> and yeah, the Wolverines. I guess uh, for all for any of you Wolverine fans out there listening, which I hope you're not. No, I'm kidding. No, keep listening. Keep listening. I'm joking. I'm just joking. Nobody's gonna listen to us. I'm just kidding, Wolverine fans. That's half okay. the people at Walmart. Sorry, guys. Yeah, Walmart Wolverines. No. But Les Miles will be interviewing uh, tomorrow with Michigan. So there's a feather in your cap. All right. Here are the facts. College football's largest margin of victory came in 1916 when Georgia Tech defeated Cumberland by a score of 222-0. to zero. I feel like oh, we that did that, that one. We did do that one, but I wanted to reiterate it. Oh, my God. That's so game. ridiculous. It's so insane. Cumberland. Go, <laughs> those Cumberland Bulldogs. All right. Uh, let's see. The orange and white team colors of the Tennessee Volunteers were chosen in 1891 to represent the daisies which grow on the campus. All right. It's cool. Uh, I didn't cool even listen. I was, someone I saw, was someone saw flowers. Named after a flower. <laughs> colors are a flower. It's pretty Yay! embarrassing for yeah. Tennessee. That's, that's very cheerful. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, President John F. Kennedy compared the difficulties of reaching space in a rocket to the rice owl's chances of defeating the Texas Longhorns. Oh no, that's worse. Yeah, that is worse. Uh, there's no way Rice would ever beat Texas. But we got to the moon, so. Yeah, we did. Woo-hoo. Allegedly. Some people Alleged, Allegedly, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, let's see. Field goals in college football were originally worth five points. This was decreased to four points in 1904 and three points in 1909. Yeah, back then it was just a kicking game. Apparently, I that's, guess. No, it really was. That's all it was. I mean, basically, teams, yeah, they just five kicked field goals. No matter, it was 222 to nothing. Yeah, 222. Yeah, pretty insane. <laughs> The best part about that, I remember when I read the story about it, was that the quarterback for uh, the Georgia Tech, he did not throw one pass the entire that's game. Right. They probably ran that veer. That's, yeah. probably, that's all that's, people ran back then. That's so. all it was. Okay, uh, let's see. The Wisconsin Badgers once had a real-life badger as their mascot. During games, it would be led around the sidelines on a leash. The animal proved too mean, and it was replaced with a costumed mascot in 1940. Huh? What is the badger? What? Well, it's a, it's a vicious, like it's, little. It's like a rodent. Well, yeah, I, it's like an it's oversized a, rodent. Yeah, it's a mean son of a gun. All right, let's see. During Nebraska Cornhuskers home games, their stadium becomes the state's third largest city. 
Really? I mean, it's Nebraska. It's a bunch of deserts and <laughs> cornfields. Like corn. A lot of sorry corn. Sorry for you guys out there in Nebraska. That, yeah. Yeah, that was wrong. I'm sorry. No. All right, let's see. College football fields were originally 120 yards long and 100 yards wide. That's well, a weird that's field. A, that's like Canadian that's football. Like a, yeah. Like a square. That's bizarre. All right, let's see. The number of players fielded by each college team, college team was reduced to 20 in 1873. It was reduced to 15 in 1876, and then to the current 11 in 1880. 20 players out there. There would be chaos. You don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Absolute. in circles. Look like we're doing something. Absolute insanity. All right, the final one. The most people to gather for a game of football in Texas is 89,442 people. This occurred during a 2006 game between the Texas Longhorns and the Buckeyes. Texas lost by a score of 24-7. Darn you, Texas. Alright, but listen, we are out of time. I appreciate all of our listeners who tuned in. Thanks again, Ronnie, for coming on Thank the show. It's a pleasure. Anytime. And uh, definitely tune in next week for the Spartan Sports Wrap. My name's Dave. And I'm Megan. I'm Ronnie. You guys have a great night out there. This is Spartan Sports Wrap. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.